Throughout scripture, you know, God is portrayed, obviously, as a father. It's interesting that um, that word used uh, just a few times, really, in the, in the Old Testament compared to the Gospels. The Gospels, uh, the word father is used 165 times. My father. 165 times. I think he's trying to drive a point home to us uh, that he is our father. One of the words is Abba, father. And that really means daddy. He is intimate with us. Just as Brother James boys were talking this morning, even when we're hard-headed and even when we turn our back and when we're disobedient, we don't do uh, what we're told to do. Still, our father, uh, David put it this way one time. He said, because you have set your love upon me. God has set his love upon you this morning. And there's nothing you can do about it. He wants you to know that he loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. I would say that to my kids this morning. Even Renee. I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Amen. There's nothing we can do about the love that God has for us. Now I do want to throw this in there as we just get into this scripture and this just exhortation this morning is that really nowhere in scripture and you can look this up. Does Jesus really come across that God is everybody's father? Now before you start turning your back on that, uh, he doesn't. We, we all, we like to say that. People who uh, are not saved or who don't know the Lord at all, they like to say, you know, uh, we're all children of God. We were all created by God. But to be a child of God, you have to acknowledge him as your father. Come on now, I just want to throw that out there so that we're all on the same page. And I think uh, Paul made that very clear. Jesus made that very clear to be part of the body of Christ you acknowledge him as your father. Amen. A couple of young men this morning did an outward show when they got baptized of an inward change. It wasn't the water that saved them. It wasn't going down in the water. But it was just an outward show of what God had done on the inside. And through that, God gives you his name and brings you in. You are grafted now into the family of God. And he is your And now you can cry, Abba, Father. You can say, Daddy. I was reading something in Exodus 3, though, that caught my attention. It made me think. Exodus 3, look at verse 15 with me, if you would. Exodus 3.15 says this. It says, moreover, this is right after God's talking to Moses, and he says, I am who I am. Go tell him that I am that I am. So he established himself, he established himself as king of the universe. I am who I am. And then he says to Moses, moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, he's a father of fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations." And you would say, yeah, he, he, he said that. We've heard that before. He told Moses that he's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. But I, as I was reading this, I began to think about this for a moment. You see, I can understand him saying that I am the God of Abraham and I am the God of Isaac. But I took pause with him saying that I am the God of Jacob. 
I can understand why he would say that I am the God of Abraham. I mean, the A Abraham is the father of all, it's the father of all of God's people. Come on. Abraham believed God and God counted it to him as righteousness. Abraham was the one who had a dead body at a very old age that couldn't produce seed and God gave him a seed so powerful that 42 generations later Mary birthed that seed and we call him Jesus. And Jesus said, I am the seed of Abraham. Abraham was the one who said, yes, God, I believe you. Abraham was the one that said, if, I, if you want me to kill my son, I'll do it, God. Abraham gave his life to and for the Lord. God, his father. I can understand why he's the God of Abraham. I can understand why he's the God of Isaac. Because Isaac was the promised child. Isaac wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God that spoke a word. Isaac is here by faith. Isaac doesn't just have faith. Isaac is here because of faith. The faith of Abraham. Because of the obedience of Abraham and Sarah. I can understand why God would say, yes, I am the God of Isaac. He's the result of his father. He is the evidence of things not seen. Come on. I can understand why he's the God of Isaac. But Jacob, Jacob's name means deceiver. Jacob was a conniver. Jacob was a con man along with his mammy. Come on. They conned some people out of some things. I mean, if you read the story, come on, let's talk about it. I mean, he was a con man. Jacob was an embarrassment to the church. Jacob is a trickster. He is a blotch on the face of this holy dynasty. Jacob is a disgrace to the kingdom. Jacob can't be a deacon in the church. Jacob wouldn't be a pastor. Jacob can't serve on the praise team. Jacob couldn't even be over children's church. The way he conned people. Come on. We wouldn't give Jacob a job in church today. Yet God said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why is he the God of Jacob? I believe that it is because there is a little bit of Jacob in all of us. Come on. All of us have done some things that we're not proud of in our past. Come on now. I mean, when someone tries to point their finger at you, what's the old saying they got? Three of them pointing right back at him. Come on. I mean, if we were honest with ourselves, and I know you think I'm going to say honest with everybody around us. Yeah, if we were honest with ourselves and honest with everybody around us, we would look in the mirror and say, you know what? You are more and more like Jacob. You have been more and more like Jacob in the flesh. Your flesh has been like Jacob. And so when we talk about Jacob in the Bible, why would God, was my question, say that I am the father of Jacob? I had to look in the mirror and say, why would he say I am the father of Michael? After some of the things I've done and some of the things I've thought and some of the things I've said. It is because God has set his love upon us and there's nothing we can do about it. 
You can't change his love for you. Now, you can run away from him, and you can activate his chastisement. Come on now. Uh, you can activate the long arm of the Lord who will come to get you and bring you back. You might activate his loud, booming voice, come back to me. But you can never discard his love. The love of the Father will always be upon you. And I think one of the things for us is it's difficult for us to understand that kind of grace. Maybe it's because some of the rejection that we've had in our relationship with others. And I think one of the mistakes that we make is that we treat our relationship with God like uh, we have, like we have re human relationships. Now, as, as we're young and as we're growing up, it is true that many young people look up to their father and their mother, and that's how they see God. But once you get to a certain age, there comes a point where we have no more excuses. Because God has put his love upon you. You see, just because you were rejected in the flesh doesn't mean you can turn your back on God. Rejection does some things to us. I mean, maybe it's because of our experience with our earthly father. Maybe it's because of our experience with our parents, our experience with other people, just life experiences, period. Maybe it's because of some of that. Maybe it's our experience with rejection that we have such a hard time. Rejection is refusing to accept someone or something and it's casting them aside. Don't raise your hand, but I know some of us have been rejected or at least we felt that way in life and I want you to know that God will never reject you the father will never reject you rejection causes us to feel devalued it causes us to feel worthless and abandoned but God will never abandon you it won't happen and there's nothing you can do about it I think there's three things, very briefly, three things that we need to know this morning about God and how he is a father to us. And unlike what we do in the natural, don't use your relationship with one person and allow that to judge your relationship with God. I want you to put that out of your mind this morning and understand these three things about the Lord this morning. The first thing is you have to understand God is my father. You have to understand that God loves you unconditionally. God loves you unconditionally. There's no conditions to the love that he has for you. There are conditions for where you are and how much of a disciple you are where you are placed, all of those types of things. But God's love for you, there's no condition. You want to know why I can say that? There's no condition for God's love? It's because God already knew. He already saw this day. He already knew everything that you would do in life, every wrong thing, every wrong thought, every wrong word that you would say, every inappropriate action you would ever take, God already knew it before he created you that you would do it, that you would think it, that you would say it, and he still loves you. His choice. He still loves you. He still 
loves you. Now, I'm not talking about living the abundant life. I'm talking about God's love for you. You want to live an abundant life, that's your choice. You can live any kind of life you want to. You want to live an overcoming life, that's your choice. You want to live a victorious life, that's your choice. But it's not your choice that God loves you. That's not your choice. God loves you. He's not angry with you. He's not disappointed with you. Everything you've ever done, he already knew it. And he wants to forgive you. Do you know that God is waiting to forgive you? All you have to do is ask. You want forgiveness from God? You don't have to jump through hoops. All you have to do is ask. Trying to hold my tongue a little bit, but I just think it's going to come out. You don't, have to, you don't have to say 10 Our Fathers. You don't have to go through the rosary. You don't have to go into a confessional with a human priest. Because God, Jesus is our priest for us. Scripture. Scripture. The veil is rent. And you have access to the presence of God. You can go right into him. And say, Lord, forgive me. I believe God helped out my unbelief. You can get up just like the prodigal son got up and said, you know what? And my, 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 my father's servants are treated better than this. I'll go back. I don't even have to be a son. I'll just be a servant. Guess what? Didn't have a choice. Once you come back, you're a son. You're a daughter. Nothing you can do about it. God's love for you is unconditional. Number two, Father God forgives you now with unlimited forgiveness. How many times will he forgive you? You know, I think about that as a father. You don't know how many times I, I have thought those words, these words that I'm about to say. But I can tell you uh, there is an uh, unlimited amount of times that my mother and my father have said them to me. My father came to me and said, how many times I got to tell you the same thing over and over? Come on. How many times? I, I don't know, Dad. I don't know. <laughs> Just one more, please. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> How many times I got to tell you? You know what? God doesn't count. You know, really, when you get down to it, honestly, God only gives you a second chance. Do you know that? God only gives you a second chance. Many of us feel like we've had third chances and fourth chances and 29 chances and 32nd chances. But really, in a way, he only gives you a second chance. You want to know why? Because once he gives you the second chance, that's, it's all, everything else is all over with. He threw it into the sea of forgetfulness. Now you're back on your first chance. Now, don't let me bring up Paul. We don't have enough time right now to get into Corinthians and Romans. Because some of you may be thinking, well, that's good. I got as many chances as I want. So I can mess up as, what, how, as many times as I want. Paul said, God forbid... Because like a father, he pulled that belt out. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I remember me and my brothers being in a room, just acting wild, acting crazy. I remember it. I had two brothers. Me and my brothers just talking. We were playing, you know, video games or whatever we're doing, throwing football and all kind of stuff in this little small room. And we hear uh, my mother, y'all cut it down, you know, bring it down in there. And we just, oh, she, and we keep going, keep going. Then my father opened the door and he pulled his belt out like this. And I said, hey, guys, be quiet, father. Father is trying to speak. 
Father, yes, you're trying to say something. <laughs> because when daddy walks in the room, everything changes. <laughs> Come on. But God the Father, he has a limitless amount of forgiveness for you. So no matter how many times you've messed up, yes, if you want, and if it's in your heart, you can come back. You can always come home to the Father. And he will always forgive you. Does that mean just do things because you know you have forgiveness? No, because now, see, you got a different mindset. And he's going to treat you a little bit differently. He's going to treat you like a person who's taking advantage of his love and grace. He ain't going to stop loving you, but because he loves you, he's going to tap. Some of y'all know what that, some people don't know. What is he talking about? Some of y'all know what that means. I know I do. And then number three, God, Father God loves you, watch this now, just as much today as he did the day he created you. He knew all the stuff, all that you would get into, all of those types of things. He knew all of it, but he never stopped loving you. He loves you just as much today as he did the day that he created you. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you, watch now, with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Somebody say everlasting. everlasting. Say everlasting. everlasting. God's love for you never ends. It is everlasting. And so we have to get in our heart this morning. And we have to get in our mind this morning. And we have to get past this thing about, oh, I've really messed up and I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to go to God. And uh, because that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. You mess up a little bit. You think something wrong. Now you don't want to go to God. Now you're not praying as much as you used to. Now you're not reading your Bible. And it's all because of shame. And God is saying, look, come here. Let's straighten this out. Let's straighten it out. I know you did it 34 times. And this is 35. I know it. I already knew you was going to do it. Come on back to me. God is saying, come on back to me. I want you to know this morning that that is the kind of father that you serve. That is the one that calls you son, that calls you daughter. He is our Abba Father. Amen.